Blog Talk Radio. There's a direct relationship between having the businesses and being in prison. Go find an, see how many Asians you can find in American prisons. They ain't going to be in there. But 51% of your prison will be black because you don't, blacks don't have any businesses and industries. There's a direct link. Blacks won't practice group economics. Blacks won't practice group politics. If you don't practice, you're setting yourselves up. I told that five-story building, you're setting yourself to get wiped out. Understand the nature of race, which is economics. If you, if you build the first floor, it's economic. Build your businesses and your industries. Control buildings and industry, and put that pools in your money. And hold that money. And, it's a, and practice group economics <clears throat> with it. Arab and Asian money bounces 12 or 13 times for at least. Jewish money bounces 18 times. Black folk got to learn how to practice group economics. Black Americans spend every penny they get outside their own community. Then you take the money and the wealth that you get from that first floor and go to the second floor. The second floor is politics. You then take that money on the first floor and you control your politics. Black folk must quit allowing people to tell them to go out and vote. Vote for what? Nobody's going to do anything for black folk in politics. Politics is controlled by money. Major corporations who got the money. That's what controls politics. If you have no money, you have no say-so, you have no benefits coming. So you take your money and you control and you take your money on the first floor, you buy every politician on the second floor. And any politician you can't buy, you rent or lease them to get what you need. Then once you get the second floor under control with the politician, with your money, then you go to the third floor. The third floor is then is the police department and the court system. You take your money from the first floor and your politics on the second floor and you control the court system and the police department. Then the fourth floor, you t- the fourth floor then is media. You then take the money that you generate off the first floor from business and industries <clears throat> and you go after radio stations, TV stations, newspapers, and cable systems so that you can now inform and communicate with your own people. Right now, <clears throat> black folk only control less than 35 thousandths of 1% of the media in the United States. Out of 12,000 radio stations, black folk own about something like about 75 or 80. That's all. You own no cable systems. You don't have a daily newspaper. You have nothing of importance. You don't. You got about one black TV station. And you, so you can't communicate with your people. You can't inform your people. You can't do anything. You can have Rush Limbaugh and all the rest of the guys talking about racism all day long and bad-mouthing you and O'Reilly. They can talk, call black folk all kind of names all day long. What are you going to do? You can't respond. You can't even communicate with your own people because you, you don't have an economic base. 51% of all the prisons in the United States are black people. You know, even though you only make up 12% of the population. That's no accident. It's because you don't control the economics and the politics. And they're going to go after the weakest people they can get their hands on to incarcerate them. That's the black folk. And what are you going to do in response to them when they, when they, when they over incarcerate you? You're going to go out and have a march or demonstration. We're going to march. March for what? Who cares? Marches they never changed anything. Before I get started with this video, I just want to personally thank the brother Fred Hassan Powell of the Morale Facebook page for sharing this social political cartoon which is currently displayed in this video. I always big up brothers who are artists like him, my man Will James, Alex K. Art, Chris Miller, and others because their pictures speak volumes. They don't have to say one word because as they say, a picture is worth a thousand words. In fact, I want y'all to take a good look at this picture, which shows a brother with his hat flipped to the back, telling the bald-headed brother that he's hungry as fuck. When the brother attempts to hand him his own fishing rod, 
so he can get some fish on his own, he gets verbally assaulted. No, nigga, I want some fish. Fuck out of here with that coon shit. Man, if you look closer, you'll see that the brother that says he's hungry got a fresh pair of Jordans on his feet. And once again, I want to thank you, Fred, for sharing that photo because it is a perfect warm-up for what I'm getting ready to bring up next. Look, last week, I had to stop past a gas station, and when I went in, I took a quick glance over to the newsstand, and I saw the Washington Post. The first thing that caught my eye was something that you normally don't see on the cover of a newspaper, which was a few straggling pants sagging brothers sitting on a stoop of a building outside. I didn't have the time to read the paper in the gas station because I had to fly, but I checked the article online when I got home, and I was just flabbergasted. I want you all to check it out for yourself in the description box. It is the December 9th edition of the Washington Post, and the front cover story is a look back at the riots which took place in Baltimore this past April following the death of Freddie Gray. The Post took the time to interview a few of the residents and get their personal take on how things have been and has any positive change comes to the streets of Baltimore after the riot. And one of the brothers that they interviewed was a young man that was out there on the streets peddling drugs from time to time, and he stated that he ended up finding out shortly after the riot that there were a few storefront apartments that were up for sale and that they were only selling for just $5,000 a piece. He then said that when he ran the idea of getting together and investing in the neighborhood past several brothers that he was out there selling drugs with on the streets, all of them told him no. And see, this goes to what brothers like myself, Sean James, and many others who are right here on YouTube have been telling y'all about this modern Negro. Okay, This Baltimore brother that was interviewed by the Washington Post had a great idea and the right frame of mind to purchase this storefront property while the price is extremely low. But the rest of the Negroes that are around him ended up dragging him into the quagmire of apathy that surrounds the Negro landscape. See a dude. He just hit you in your face. Hit a dude. That bitch good, nigga. Oh, oh. Beat that motherfucking ass. She feel like you a motherfucking nigga. Beat that motherfucking ass. That nigga can't. That nigga hurt himself. You from Nuke State. for them. 
And half these cops do moonlighting security at these places, even when they are on duty, because all they got to do most of the time is just drive through with a squad car or do a quick foot patrol right near the business or apartment housing units that are being rented out. This is why they don't give the Chan family or any Chinese youngster any problems when they see them in the hood by their dry cleaners. This is why they don't bother Mr. or Mrs. Akbar or any Arab kids that they see near the gas stations they own. This is why they don't mess with Miss Yee or any of her grandkids that are close to the nail salon she owns. Because they take a small percentage of the proceeds and pad the local policeman's pockets. And see, your typical foolish Negro that would challenge what I just told you will say, well, see, you insinuating that we got to bribe the police for them to stop brutalizing us. But they, like most, don't know anything about capitalism. It is a game of economic musical chairs. I just gave you the analogy when I mentioned all the foreign families that own all the storefronts, strip malls, and rental properties. Who is the only one who is left standing up with no businesses or property to speak of when the music is done playing and the cops roll through the neighborhood. That's us, yapping back and forth when the music stops and they tell our loitering asses to get moving or catch a bruising. That's us, walking around with sagging pants and glow-in-the-dark fluorescent color wigs like this sister that you see right here tossing rocks during the riot last April. Now, she's throwing rocks and expressing her anger and frustration but she has a fresh weave on top of her head, which helped pay some of the officers that broke Freddie Gray's back. So who is the sellout and coon, black folks? And think about it. If you own some of those storefronts and control the flow of unlaundered, legitimate-made currency that comes through those areas, you can do your illegal dirt all day long without that much harassment from the local authorities. You might draw attention from a few alphabet gang organizations, like the DEA, FBI, and others, but the local guys aren't going to pay that much attention because you're helping them pay bills and you're putting food in their stomach. And since I brought up the subject of illegal activity and you pan-sagging clowns love to talk about how gangster you are, why don't you do what some of the Irish, Italian, Jewish, and Polish immigrants your dumbass keeps trying to emulate did by legitimizing some of your hustles and using the same police force that chases you around the neighborhood as a shield. See, most Negroes will try to tell you that we are always at the end of a nightstick, a baton, or getting showered with bullets just because we are black. But ask yourself a question. Why aren't that many Ethiopians and West Africans getting mollywopped and punished to the extent that many so-called African Americans are in the U.S.? Remember, they're just as black and sometimes way darker than us. But why are there fewer cases of them being brutalized and killed by the police, like we saw with Amadou Diallo or Abner Louima, both of which took place in New York? Why so few cases compared to us so-called Afro-Americans? It's because they're smart enough to own businesses, restaurants, furniture stores, parking lots, etc., and pay the cops to look the other way so their fellow countrymen aren't harmed in any way. That's the logical thing to do. But you can't tell this Negro from America that because you're still living off the backwards principle and creed of entitlement, which these liberals drafted up for us long ago. Instead of assessing this situation from a global perspective and seeing that everyone else 
seem to be purchasing everything around us so they can live comfortable lives and keep us at a position of marginalization as opposed to putting themselves in that boat, the Negro man and woman in the U.S. will counter it by saying, See, I object because my tax dollars pay for the police not to harass me. No, they don't, you imbecile. Especially after Uncle Sam rapes their paycheck just like he rapes everybody else's. Now, your pro-whack movement pseudo-black nationalist leaders will call me a coon for telling you this, but this is something that they know firsthand. They also know that you more than likely won't view this phenomenon from all angles because you're still under the influence of the can't-we-all-just-get-along-flavored Kool-Aid most black folks drank after the post-civil rights movement era, thinking that all the bigotry-enhanced physical assaults and beatdowns we took during chattel slavery and Jim Crow had an exclusive cutoff date to them which is why every single year one of these highly publicized police brutality incidents takes place. There's some dumb Negro that says, I don't believe that in 2087 this is still happening to black people. Yeah, it is, and it's going to keep on happening in 2088 if you don't adopt a different way of thinking, dummy. Your pseudo-black nationalists won't tell you that you are mostly to blame for this continually happening because they want you to keep feeling sorry for yourself and attend more lectures and debates where they argue over whether or not a woman is God or which master teacher's philosophy is better to follow. But I'm here to tell you right now, black folks, that we don't need to attend a gazillion seminars travel with a million other jugheads to commemorate the anniversary of a march that never led to mass black improvement, or study the teachings of some philosophical doctor with 10 degrees to find a solution to our problem. This brilliant brother from Baltimore that was interviewed in the December 9th edition of the Washington Post, who more than likely didn't even finish high school, just gave us the answer. And if you're wondering why I titled this thing Ballin' on Baltic Avenue, I did so as a way of saluting one of my grandfathers. See, long ago when I was a very little boy, he taught me how to play Monopoly. I was about seven years old, and I was all geeked up racing around the board to buy Boardwalk and Park Place. And he said, go right on ahead. He let me do it and said, I'll just buy a Baltic, Mediterranean, Oriental, and all these other properties that you aren't even thinking about. So as the game went on, and I only owned Boardwalk, Park Place, and Pacific, I think, he had all the other properties, the railroads, the waterworks, the electric company, and a whole bunch of hotels and houses on all of them while I was looking silly. And I ended up having to sell what I owned and wait for that $200 paycheck once I passed go. Once it finally set in, that I lost the game, he chuckled and told me, son, you got to own what's in the ghetto before you walk around the block. And that lesson that my grandfather Dave, rest his soul, taught me still applies to this very day. Ownership is a universal language, no matter what culture or ethnicity you come from, because it regulates the sort of relationship you're going to have with most of the people around you.
Okay, welcome to another installment of It's My House. And we're closing in on uh, our 1,000th podcast. We're like at 992 today. But in any event, uh, today's podcast is titled Housing Incubators, the Affordable Missing Link. Live stream number is 619-768-2945. Once again, 619-768-2945. Now, <clears throat> I, I was on Facebook this morning, and um, I saw uh, in my news feed a um, a person that we have on as a guest. I'm glad that he, he, he was available this morning to come on as a guest. Because yesterday we talked about shared conversions. And the reason why I played uh, shared conversions, meaning taking a shed and converting it into a livable space. Uh, of course, these days, a lot of people say converting a shed into a tiny house. Um, but in any event, the reason why I played Balling on Baltic Avenue is because the Monopoly game that uh, he was talking about in there, you know, because Baltic and Mediterranean are the least expensive um, spots uh, land developments uh, on Monopoly game board. But you can actually apply that principle to real life. So uh, on the uh, news feed this morning on Facebook, um, uh, the guy I'm about to bring on, um, uh, Melvin Harris, uh, down in Texas, um, he that's what he's doing. <laughs> okay. So I wanted to have somebody on other than me, okay, because you all, you know, I've, I've bought land and all this other stuff. Matter of fact, I have. I'm in Florida, but I've, I've got uh, some land in Texas myself off the grid. But anyway, this uh, gentleman I'm about to open up the mic to, Melvin Harris, I want him to share his story because essentially he's doing what the audio clip I just played, okay, just like Monopoly game, pay attention to where he bought the land, why he bought the land, the building he put on it, you know, the conversion, and that type of information, because that's what anybody can do, uh, and it's not difficult to do. Um, and he didn't do it in a big city, and he can share with you why that also. Um Good morning. Melvin, you there? Uh, yes, I'm here. Good morning. How are you, sir? Fine, fine. Thank you for coming on. It, it was a joy seeing you uh, seeing your post on Facebook because I, I don't see too many uh, of uh, African-Americans on that. Uh, I, I'm sure some are there, but I don't see that many. Um, yes. Now, you, you, you did um, – well, let's start with the land. You you bought a piece of land first uh, in Texas, was it? I mean, because uh, people on here have you know they're not familiar with it. Was it in a city, out in a suburban area, rural area, or what? Yeah, it's in a rural area. I'm about a hundred miles north of Houston, Texas. It's in a small town of about seventeen hundred population, and about two acres, and. Uh, 
I got a pretty good price, you know, got it for a pretty good price, and I just I've been developing it as, ever since I've been here. Okay, so you said about a hundred. Well, man, I wish he just had a guy from Houston yesterday. Uh, he was a summer regular on here. Um, so you said about a hundred miles outside of Houston. Yes, sir. It's a okay. very small town. Uh, it's uh, it's a right. very small town of, like I said, about seventeen hundred population. Okay. Um, yeah, that that you, you, people pay close attention. Okay. If particularly because we have tiny house listeners on this show too, people that want to go tiny and and you, let's say you live in a Dallas, Houston, Boston, Massachusetts, Los Angeles, California, those are all big cities, and it's difficult to go tiny in those big cities because as I repeat on here every week, the larger the population, the more regulated it is. The smaller exactly. the population. Tiny populations make it easy to go tiny, okay, or do some of the things you, you just can't do in a big city. All right, so 1,700 people, uh, so you, you bought uh, a couple of acres, um, and I'll, you, know, you can verify this. It's easier and less expensive to buy acres if you go rural now as opposed oh, yeah. to buying a lot in a city. Okay. No doubt about it. Uh, right. Now, you're, 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 um, you're, uh, now, do you live in Houston or, uh, uh, you know, close to Houston or what? Yeah, I was born and raised in Fifth Ward, Texas, in Houston, Texas. And, uh, Man, I was born I, was on. I, he, I think he lives here, yeah. Yes, sir. And I, I joined the military. I was in the military 20 years. I left the area. I came back and I taught school for 17 years. And when I retired from teaching, uh, me and my wife decided to move to a rural area, which we did. Okay. And we bought two acres. And this particular two acres, it actually had two houses on it. Okay. And we, we lived... We live in the front house, and the house that's in the back, it needed work. And we remodeled it, and we're now renting it out. And that got so good to us. I'm a, Craig's, I'm a Craigslist fanatic, constantly on Craigslist looking for deals. So I was on Craigslist, okay. and I saw this 14 by 30, uh, what a portable building, and it was finished inside, and this guy had just bought this property, but he didn't want this. He didn't want this building in the back, so he was selling it for okay. fourteen hundred dollars. And uh, I, I purchased it, it. <laughs> and I, it. I I contacted someone. I said, well, "Well, not only that, whoever owned the property before him was getting ready to increase the size of this portable building, so he had already uh, built a platform." And he had all the material just laying there. Uh-huh. So anyway, this guy didn't want, he didn't want none of it. So I gave him four hundred dollars for the material that that he was getting ready to add to the building. It was just laying there, and and I I bought the building itself for fourteen hundred dollars. I paid eight hundred dollars to have everything moved to my property. I set it down. Wow. I put everything together. Now I'm not I'm not handy with a with a hammer, uh-huh. but the thing about it is, 
in this in a rural area, that's all uh-huh. you're surrounded by is people that's handed with a hammer because that's how, that's their hustle. That's how they get along. They they uh survive. Right. So it's right. easy to find people that can do this type of stuff. Listen to me now. You're not gonna believe this. I found a guy. He framed everything out for me for two thousand dollars. Found another oh. guy. He plumbed and it, it did all the electrical work for five hundred dollars. Oh, that's five hundred dollars. Okay, now I I didn't I didn't want to. Uh, this is what I did. I just tapped right into my own electrical box. Okay, and I uh-huh. ran a. a I ran the plumbing to my to my rent house, which was right back here. I ran the plumbing to that sewage, okay? Because we do have city sewage. We're not that rural. We do have city sewage. Okay. We're unincorporated, and we're unrestricted. So I ran the line, plumb line to, to my rental house, and then I got what you call a sewage pump, okay, which uh, will, will help. In other words, you won't have – you ain't not going to have any kind of plumbing problem because the sewage pump, it basically is a, a – a grinder, it came, it comes out, it grinds it up, and then it sends it to the sewer. But, it, but that's another okay. uh, subject. But, but I'm just saying is, I was able to do all of it. And I, I even fenced it so that it'd be separated from my property. And okay. uh, I, if I spent six thousand dollars, I'd be, I'd be. I'm telling you, I didn't spend very much. All right, I, I can see, I can see. Now you mentioned now. Uh, did you have to pull uh, building permits or anything like that? Zero building permits. Zero. Right. And that's because, you, like you mentioned it already, you're in an unincorporated area uh, in that particular part of Texas. Right. I'm in an unincorporated area. I'm near a city, to tell you the truth. I'm near a city that is incorporated, but it just so happened that the piece of land that I'm in it's totally unincorporated and it's unrestricted, hundred percent. Okay, so, yeah, that, that people that that's where that's where the action is. That's where the action is. I bought a piece of uh, actually got three parcels, but one I own outright free and clear. I bought like ten acres in Presidio County, Mount from Texas, up uh, desert mountains out in that neck of the woods, uh, for uh, ten acres for about. Two thousand dollars, including closing costs. Um, but now that's, let's that's go a deal. Now. It is now. Um, get, let's get back to your get, the the deal I saw you have on um, the conversion I saw you have on um, on Facebook, Facebook. With, with pictures and everything. Um, now you you uh, you got that in place, and you you rent that out now. I'm renting it out, and it's blessing me with seven hundred dollars a month. People that are listening, that's what you got to do. Step one: do your homework and do your research for rural areas. Step two: uh, rural areas, and then that have uh, hopefully low or almost no or no zoning, you know, restrictions or whatnot. And there are plenty of them. Around the country, but you're not going to find, like I said, the the bigger the city, the more complications, rules, and regulations you're going to have. So, hey, hey, brother, look, yeah, let me Mm -hmm. let me add this. I'm the area I'm in. I call it a white ghetto, bro. 
because there's very few blacks here. Okay. And uh, you can count on one hand, but but they're all hardworking. But what I'm saying is, if if you got a little piece of change, you could come out here. See, I, I'm blessed that I, I have my military retirement, teacher retirement, and my Social Security, so I got a little income. So I have a little money to invest because I saved over the years. And uh-huh. it is, it, I'm telling you, man, if you come out here to these rural areas, the property is the price of property is low. And the opportunities are greater than just like you were saying that in the city, and that's the that's the key there. You you find a, a area where you can get property uh, that's not too expensive, and you just come out here and work it. And I got right. the fever now, bro. This is my second rental house, and I'm getting ready to get two more. So I'm I'm I'm, I'm I got the fever, bro. <laughs> I, I can see. I'm telling I'm you, I got the fever. As you taught me now. Yeah. Now you mentioned Craigslist. I'm familiar with Craigslist. Well, everybody's familiar. now, but I, but I, you know what? I, I haven't really utilized the way you have. So, what kind of bargains have you been able to find on Craigslist? Oh man! When, you, well, when, when I was teaching my little hustle, I would get on Craigslist and I would see estate sales. I started with garage sales, and then I moved up to estate sales. You find a estate sale on Craigslist. Estate sale is where they selling everything in the house. Pretty much somebody died. They don't want the stuff. They giving it away pretty much. And you, man, uh-huh. I used to go in there and I, I see me a, a, a nice washing dryer and a refrigerator, and I pick them up for a little or nothing, put them in my truck, put them in my garage, and I put it on Craigslist. Next thing you know, somebody's knocking on my door. I paid one hundred fifty dollars for something. I'm paying. I'm selling for four hundred, and bam, I got me some pocket change. And I, that was my little hustle when I was teaching. And then, you know, right. what I'm saying, that's all kind of deals. I've been, man, don't let me get started, bro, because I've been to some of these sales. I looked at this old radio, man, and I don't know nothing about old radios, and I paid a dollar and fifty cent for it. I went on uh-huh. eBay and looked around. I said, wait a minute, this thing's worth something. I put it on eBay. I got $150 for it. I mean, just a little thing oh, like boy. that. You just got to get out of you gotta You got to think out the box, man. You got to. Man, Craigslist is a gold mine, bro. It is a gold mine. There's so many things. I'll be that on there. You just gotta, you just gotta get on there and look. And not just, right. just not, just you got, you get property off of, of Craigslist too. Well, speaking of which, I, I bought twenty acres somewhere else in Texas off of eBay. Okay. Um, you, you bought it off of eBay. Yeah, I bought it off of eBay. Man, yo, man, okay. like the ten acres I got, the ten acres that I got in Presidio County, um, free and clear, I got that uh-huh. on eBay. Yeah, I got a that Presidio County. Is that is was where is that? Is that California? That, man, that's in the court. Is about what two hours away from um, El Paso. It's in the western part of the state. South oh, it's in Texas. Uh, okay. Well, yeah, it's in Texas. Okay. It's in Texas. Uh, okay, now, and while we're on this, bro, don't forget about taxes. Yeah. Don't forget about tax sales either. I hope you guys know about tax sales. I've heard about You know about and, tax sales, uh, right? I really haven't used them like I can because I, I've run into some people um, that uh, they put I, – I bought some property out in Arizona. I haven't seen it yet. I paid $75 an acre. Now, the okay. guy that I got it from, I'm sure he bought it at a tax sale for man, I don't know, something probably ridiculous like five or ten dollars. Yeah. 
That's what they do. And tax sales are all over the country, all over the country, every county, every state. They have tax sale where people are delinquent in their taxes, and they, they sell them for what's old. And you just go there. If you got the cash money, you got it, and they give you the deed on the spot. That's a good way to pick up some property. So well, yeah, over the counter sales. I, I just want to throw that out there. Yes, sir. Great. Well, I, I done like it. The, uh, the uh, eBay thing because um, uh, one of the people that was listening right now, I think she does. What do you call it? The flea markets. But eBay is really uh, like you said. You find something on eBay or find it. Oh, estate sales. Go to an estate uh-huh. sale. Pick up something oh, man. and put estate it on eBay. Estate sales are gold mines. They are gold mines, um, and you know, you just just go to and like I said, they're selling everything. They want everything to go. Right, right. And in now, most cases, get, it's get heirs that don't want the don't want the property. And there's a lot of them out there. Now, yeah. um, the uh, like I said, I titled this podcast uh, "Housing Incubators" because the, the shed that you have. Um, and now, the reason why I called this podcast, matter of fact, I named it. That like early this morning before I even knew you existed. How can think about it? Because you have a lot of people that might be struggling. Let let's go back down to Texas. You might be in Houston, Dallas, even Amarillo. Because I went to undergraduate school up in uh, up in the Panhandle in Canyon, Texas, uh, south of Amarillo. Uh, uh-huh. But there's no need to struggle. Like you said, I mean that's why I brought you on here. It it just like a monopoly game. Find an area, an hour, or whatever, outside your neck of the woods. Now, of course, you have to adjust this from whatever neck of the woods that you, because we got people that listen to this podcast all over the world, uh, yeah. like over 13,000 people. So, But that's the key, all right? If you want to, re, let's say you want to remain in Houston, Texas, or San Francisco, which is super expensive, find, instead of getting a second job, okay, now, Velma's giving you two gold mines of information. One, drive out an hour or whatever you got to do, an hour, hour and a half. Me, because like I said, I live in Florida. I've flown to Oklahoma from Florida, which my regular listeners know I do that about three times, three, four times a year. Uh More property event. Matter of fact, I'm booking a ticket. Uh, If not today, tomorrow. To go back out there, I gotta go to ten acres in Texas. I gotta go there and put something on that. So it, it find something and a shed. Now the reason why I like the idea of a shed, you can build, you can stick build something. All right, and remember, you brought up a very good point. Out in the rural area, you can find affordable labor. You can find an affordable carpenter. Oh yeah. Uh, or a handyman that can put you up a shed. And okay. they know or, how to plumb it, and they know how to electric, everything. They they multi-talented. Right. They're multi-talented because that, that's what they do in rural areas. Or yeah. you could, uh, you know, if you want to, uh, you know, there are people that shit, you know, what, $100 down or whatever. You can buy one and then get, once again, go back to that same labor pool. 
and get somebody to, you know, put in the bedroom that you want, the bathroom, kitchen that you want, you know, sell the way you want. There's, like I said, there's Facebook groups. That's why that's how I met, uh, ran across uh, Melvin this morning. Like I said, I was in my news feed. I'm a, I, I remember a whole bunch of groups. But, but this one is shared conversion. So that, you know, now with that, you can, I say you have to be, you know, like you said, Melvin, you can go to Craigslist, which, you know, which yeah. I, that's what I'm going to start doing. Before I decide to go retail, go to Craigslist and see if somebody's selling a shed that they there you go. Want. Now you're talking. Okay. Be Dr. Right. man. Go, go. Yeah, yeah. Right. Hold we got a way to go. Here. Uh, we got Melvin. We got a call here. Uh, area code 407. Your mic is open. Good morning, L.A. Wow, brother. Thank you for sharing um, your amazing, colorful journey. Um, I live in a rural area as well in a tiny house, and uh, you're so right about it being like a white ghetto because I'm the only um, black person that I see on a regular basis. Yeah. But it's okay yeah. because, like, like you said, I think we develop a respect for our neighbors when we see how hardworking they are and how simple their life is so simple. That's what I think, and I wonder if you agree that the people that I live with, the color of their skin is white, doesn't matter to me, because these are simple, they live a very simple life. A lot of my neighbors are in trailers, mobile homes, whatever, but they know how to fix things, they know how to build things, and I just wish more um, urban dwellers could, uh, especially melanin people, could see the value that you're talking about of living and having passive income when you work hard enough to get there. So, I mean, do you find that, too, that it's just a more simpler life to live? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm going to tell you, I love it. I, I grew up in Houston, and like I tell my wife, every now and then we might need a fix, so we'll drive down to Houston get our fix, go shopping, but we get get our butt (laughs) back here because I can walk out my back door in the morning and I can yell to the top of my lungs and I'm not going to disturb anybody. Uh, It's a simple life out here. It's it's cleaner as far as the air is Mm -hmm. concerned. It's quieter. It's, yeah, and the people, you're right. They're just just common, hardworking people, and I haven't ran into one person prejudiced here. Since I've been here, yeah, me, and I'm in yeah, Texas. Me I yeah, me Yeah, I find that true too. And I'm in Florida, so we're both in the South. But I have the same thing. I, you know, you see all these reports of racism and we're the victims and all that. I haven't had one incident where I felt like somebody was either prejudiced or racist. And I'm the only melanin person in the neighborhood. So yeah, there's something about just being on the same mental vibration in your area and just. We're helping people and respecting people, and that's all everybody wants. And you don't have to exactly. worry about racism and all that. But when you're in the urban area, everybody's overcrowded and they're fighting for space, in my opinion. So everybody's mean and, and vindictive and, and all that. So, yeah, it, it, there's such a blessing to receive when you go to an area like we're in. So thank you so much for sharing this morning. Oh, you're welcome. This you're absolutely welcome. And I, and I was going to ask you about Craigslist. Do you find materials on Craigslist for building as well? Yes, I do look for material. It's not that easy to find material, but I have found uh-huh. some material on Craigslist okay. that I have used on some of my projects. 
This is actually my okay. second project. Like I said, when we purchased our house, there was two houses on this property. The one in the back needed work. We remodeled it, and it's now blessing us with rent every month. So we have two rentals on our property, and, and the first of the month, I get a knock on the door. My tenant comes. Here you go, Mr. Harris. I appreciate it. And that's a blessing. Yeah. Yeah, yes, and that's what we have to do. We have to get off government dependence and just start working more and building like you're doing. Thank you. You ought to write a book. <laughs> oh, no, I don't know about that. <laughs> and, you yeah, know, well, there's you. no. here's another thing I like about what uh, you're doing, uh, Melvin, is uh, when people get to these rural areas, and you can uh, uh, co-sign on this too, there's no competition. Exactly. You know, there you go, in the city, that's you know supply and demand. That's why you know it's it's you know more people drives the price up of a lot of apartment or studio apartment or something like that. But if you're getting out into these rural areas, uh, you know there's, there's I haven't seen any competition. And uh, like done. all the places that I go to, except for Taft. Now Taft, Oklahoma, where that's you know where I I had to put some property. That's a black township. That's a historic black township, um, which I've been fortunate to pick up some land in that area too. But other, but the other places where I've been picking up land, I haven't seen any black folks. All right. And, and matter of fact, in one area, uh, the first four acres in Jasper, Florida, you might see a Confederate flag or two. However, those people basically leave you alone. You know, they, they'll help you out as well. Uh, that's another podcast, but I haven't had no problems out of it. So uh, that, that's where the action is. Um, now, so people, we're on a live stream right now, and we record all these live streams. And um, after we end the live stream, you can call our, uh, our on-demand number. I'm going to give that out right now because, I want people to call back and listen to this podcast over and over. You, you play it like you can play it over as many times as you want in a 24-hour period as we end the live stream. That number is 712-432-8863. Once again, 712-432-8863. About 20 to 30 minutes after we complete the live stream, you can call that number and then and listen to uh, the information that uh, Melvin uh, Harris has given. Uh, because he's got. Could you give me that, that number one more time, sir? I was trying to yeah. write it. Right. 712 and that th- th- you can hear this pocket now online. Uh, and Melvin, I sent you a link already. You, for people that are listening online, you can go to Blog Talk Radio and put in "It's My House Solar Landlord." And today's this there's a catalog of we got like over 900 podcasts on there. But today's podcast will be at the top of the heap, and you just click on that, and then you can play that every day till doomsday. Uh, here, but he's given some golden jewels eBay, Craigslist, all right, and then, um, like I say, uh, you can, I mean, it, 
it's a formula. Buy you a piece of rural land, all right, get find a shed and convert it into a um a rental property, all right, and pay close attention to what he he gave you the details. It's simple seventeen a, a, a town that's got seventeen hundred people or less. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh check check the uh you know you know look for places that don't have any zoning or low zoning or you know relaxed zoning. Do your research there. Uh the, the if you don't know any if you're not a car I'm not a carpenter. Okay. If you're not a carpenter or a handyman like like he said in rural areas they have plenty of handy people that can do the job for you at an affordable price. All right. That's a fact. So, That's a fact. Right. So, you know, that one bill, $700 to add on to his income. So the people out here that might be homeless, uh, and that's what a lot of people that are homeless, you need to get yourself up. The only reason why you're probably homeless is because you're in the city. Remove yourself. It's just an hour away. For some people, it could be 30 to 45 minutes away. But get to these rural areas. That's where you can live a sustainable lifestyle. And like as Melvin said, if you need to get your fix for the city, you want to go to the movies, entertainment, visit friends, or go to work, go there and then get yourself out back to the community. I mean, and then some of you can even start a little community out there. You know, buy an acre or two. Because an acre alone is a football field. Yeah. In reality. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. plenty of space. So you can grow food out there. Um, you know, even if you don't have transportation, you might know somebody that has that. And they might need a, a sustainable place to live. So let's say you just four of you. If you got four of you, each take a quarter acre each. You know, a quarter acre is a lot of land. So it's only limited to your imagination on what you can do. Uh, Melvin, thank you for coming on. And I'll, I'll well, plan to locking me. your number in, in, yeah, locking you into my phone. And what we're going to do uh, in 2018 uh, is, uh, matter of fact, you may as well say, because we we have been we did a like I said we did a podcast yesterday on the share conversions, uh, but we were playing audio that we got off of YouTube. That's why I was glad to see your post because we want to hear real live people. In 2018, where every the goal is for this podcast is to matter of fact, I'll probably start a separate podcast on shed conversions um, for 2018, so people can. I mean, it's they can hear different people's. You know, I went to Craigslist, I went to this place, and um, they get their motivation uh, and inspiration and instruction on how to do this. So, uh, Melvin, thank you once again. I'm locking you into my phone. I'll be get, probably getting Well, you're absolutely uh, welcome, and I appreciate you. Okay, appreciate thank you. Thank you for having too. me on. On that note, people, I'm going to conclude the podcast for the day. You know where to listen to it online. You know where to call to get it. On that note, everyone have a good rest of the day. 